everyone, Siobhan Chapman here and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's segment focuses on the November jobs report, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell's monetary policy commentary, and lastly, a look at the overall health of the U.S. economy. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Senior Economist America's Brian Rose. Brian, welcome. We're happy to have you. Thanks, Yvonne. Good morning, everyone. So let's begin with the November employment report, which you received a few moments ago. How did the data come in relative to your expectations, and how would you characterize the health of the U.S. labor market? So overall, the report was stronger than expected. We had non-farm payrolls up by 263,000. Consensus was for around 200,000. And probably more importantly, the average hourly earnings had a big surprise to the upside. It was up six-tenths month-on-month. So in recent months, you've been seeing three-tenths or four-tenths, and this time a stronger jump in uh, wages. But one of the other things we saw, and this has happened a lot uh, over the past year, is that payroll growth is much stronger than the employment growth from the household survey. So the household survey, you know, they directly... uh, Go to, go to households, ask them about the employment situation in the household. That actually showed a, a drop in employment uh, in, in November. And over the last year, there's been more than a million person discrepancy between payrolls, which are stronger, and the household survey, which is weaker. Hard to understand why that's happening, but could be that the payrolls reflect a lot of immigrant labor coming in, and that isn't being picked up by the household survey. In any case, I think uh, no doubt that uh, the labor market is very tight and uh, at least as measured by payroll, the job growth is strong uh, and also uh, because demand for labor is so so high, the wages are continuing uh, to rise. Uh, Just related to this, uh, we had uh, JOLTS job openings uh, come out this week at 10.3 million there are 6 million people unemployed, and that gap, that 4 million gap between the job openings and the number of unemployed people available to fill them uh, is uh, is a big problem for the Fed. That's what's driving up wages, that, that imbalance between supply and demand for labor. Outside of the jobs data, what were some other notable macro data points released this past week? Well, it was actually a really busy week in terms of the data Just to talk about some of the highlights, we had the ISM manufacturing PMI down to 49 in November, so falling below the neutral level of 50. Uh, Now, the actual industrial reduction has been on a flat trend uh, recently, but again, you have have the ISM uh, below 50. Um, You have uh, supply chains improving and also uh, prices uh, weaker in manufacturing. So, you know, that is the, the good news is that in some sense there, there's, you know, a healthier situation, but uh, consumer spending is continuing to shift away from, from goods, and that's hurting, uh, you know, the overall demand that manufacturers are seeing. Uh, also, uh, this week we saw personal income and spending uh, strong rise. This is for the month of October. 
but the savings rate, the estimate for the savings rate was only 2.3%. That's very close to the all-time record low. Uh, so what you're seeing is people going out, using their credit cards to maintain uh, spending, and also earning up the excess savings that were built during the, the pandemic. And as part of the same report, we saw the core PCE deflator. This is the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, uh, that core PCE deflator up only two-tenths, uh, which is roughly in the right range. This is the sort of number that the Fed uh, you know, needs to see in order to uh, stop hiking rates. And uh, another data we had, the, the trade deficit uh, going wider and also continued weakness in uh, in housing-related data. So we also received the Beige Book on Wednesday. Are there any notable takeaways that you can share with us? Yeah, so this is uh, interesting. The Beige Book uh, showed in terms of economic growth, the weakest language we've seen since the start of the recovery back in uh, May 2020. So considerable downgrades uh, there in terms of in terms of growth. Uh, what you do see is some progress towards the Fed's goal. You know, why is the Fed raising rates? Well, they want to cool off the labor market and bring inflation down. And the, the base book is showing some progress uh, on that front. So you know, a little bit uh, less demand for labor, a little bit uh, less pressure on wages and a little bit the slower or less uh, inflationary pressure, but still the bottom line is uh, both in terms of labor and in terms of inflation, still too strong. So, uh, you know, more more uh, progress needs to be uh, made uh, on, on those fronts, but the idea is that you know, if growth stays weaker, then, uh, you know, eventually you'll make progress both uh, both in terms of the labor market and, and inflation. That's that's what the base book is showing. On Wednesday, we also heard from Fed Chair Jerome Powell. What did the chairman reveal about the state of the economy and the path forward for monetary policy? So Powell actually used very similar language to the press conference after the last FOMC meeting on the November 2nd. So really, you know, verbatim, basically, repeating what he said on November 2nd. But still, there was a big reaction in the market to his uh, to his comments. And I think you know, the bottom line is, even though Powell didn't come straight out and say it, you know, strongly implying that the Fed is going to slow the pace of rate hikes. So the Fed has raised rates by 75 basis points at each of the last four FOMC meetings. The Powell's you know, again, suggesting that, the, that that pace will slow. So sort of confirming market expectations that the Fed is only going to raise by 50 basis points at the next meeting, which is which is on the 14th. And the other interesting part of, of what Powell says is he gave a breakdown of inflation, uh, talking about inflation in terms of core goods, housing, and the core services other than housing. So basically looking at inflation in those three categories. And the goods inflation has been slowing. And in fact, the core, core goods inflation was uh, down month to month, actually negative month to month in the latest reading. And shelter or housing inflation is still rising, still accelerating very strong numbers. But if you look at the new leases, so newly signed leases, it's clear that rent 
rents are have slowed a lot, and in a lot of places are actually falling. So that means eventually, you know, a few months from now, in the in the CPI data, that will turn. So the housing is also going to turn lower the next year. And the remaining category, which is the core services outside of housing, you know, that is the part of inflation that's most closely linked to wages. And Powell reiterated that it's it you know you cannot hit the two percent inflation target if wages are going by five percent. And that's why the number we had out this morning, the average hourly earning up six cents is so important. It went from you know Wage, it looks like wage growth is slowing to something that's more compatible with the 2% target to, you know, a number that's just way too high. And, uh, you know, given, given what Powell said and the number we just got, it's, it's the kind of thing that will, you know, really make it harder for the Fed to, to stop the raising rates. So turning to next week, what will be taking place that investors should be mindful of? So after all the data this week, uh, next week is a relatively um, you know, relatively light on, on the data calendar. We will get the ISM services, which is uh, might be really important. It's very timely, and you know, ISM the services cover most of the economy, almost 90% of the economy. So this is a important release. That the ISM services has been trending the lower you know, over recent months. I will also get the consumer credit. So I, as I mentioned earlier. You know, consumers have really been uh, adding a lot to their credit card balances, and uh, we've seen re- very rapid rise in, in the consumer credit. Interesting to see if that's continuing. And then we'll also get uh, PPI. So, um, you know, this is a inflation at the wholesale level tends to lead retail price inflation by a few months. So uh, this is, you know, also a focus uh, for the market. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. Again, today we have been joined by Senior Economist America's Brian Rose for the Top of the Morning Conversation. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as a UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 